I started seeing very weird things. Things I was thinking about during the day would manifest at night. Hello. Yo. What is up? You ready? Let's do it. Hi, I'm Joe. I'm here talking to my good friend, Ryan Casey, who's not your usual conspiracy theorist. He graduated from a private high school in the top six of his class without ever bringing a backpack. He has the memory of an elephant, the heart of a lion, and the trickery of a chimpanzee. This podcast is about science and faith and knowledge and how we attain it, about finding purpose, but above all, that two people with wildly different beliefs can still have a good time. This is the case for conspiracy. You just made some soup? I had some soup. Just hanging with my buddy. Chilling out. What? So what's your uh, food situation there? How do You You got a fridge? You got a stove? Uh, I don't have a fridge, but I got a little stove that I attach to the uh, little uh, propane tanks, little green propane tanks. Right. So I can heat up anything, I can cook anything, I got skillets, whatever you're going to do. <laughs> pretty good. It's pretty good. What else did you eat today? What else did I eat today? I had some combos. <laughs> uh, a guy gave me two tamales. All right. This guy. A guy? Well, a guy? I, I want to hear about the guys in your life and people in your <sighs> life. So where's this guy? recycling and i just heard him yelling and he was going i wasn't sure what he was saying but he was saying tamales but he's got a great call he goes tamales! <laughs> <laughs> and I, I i go man you gotta teach me that call what are you saying and then and then i walked over he's like hey you want some tamales i go oh so that's what you're saying uh-huh. yeah he just posted them or whatever that, you gotta take some <laughs> notes for your your big day coming up being the jester you, you gotta to make tamales you know Seattle, I tried to start a tamale business. You tried to start a tamale business. How did you? How was it a business? How did you try to do that? Uh, me and my buddy Joe, we're gonna start some kind of guerrilla catering operation. I wanted to make vegan burgers. Uh, we overdid it completely on the potatoes, and ended up making vegan tamales instead. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, we almost killed somebody because they were too dry. <laughs> Oh, geez. And they choked on it? Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, it was rough. We had a few people tell us that they were the best of all they'd ever had. But you couldn't get the recipe consistent. No, yeah. I mean, it, it's just hard. There was a lot of competition. It was like Mexican right. women that have been cooking tamales forever. <laughs> and tamales are a lot of work. Yeah. A lot of work. I'm sure that would be exhausting day by day. Is that something you see yourself doing or no? No. What's your like, typical uh, way to go about like starting a new venture? Because uh, you've you've had a venture. lot over the years. Like, you know, at first it was like you wanted to go into the woods and pick mushrooms. Yeah. What happened to that one? You couldn't find the woods. Uh, well, Illinois doesn't really have good mushrooms. Right. You gotta get to the right state. We're in California. There's got to be a lot of mushrooms out here. circling there's somebody they're looking for somebody oh shit better get inside yeah it's fine they can't be looking Um, for you right i don't i I think yeah i think there's good mushrooms here i don't really know where to go though but dude if you ever want to go let's go 
Yeah, I mean, it's true. I went to this restaurant in, in where, like Culver City or something called Vespertine. Really cool, swanky place. And that dude is the main chef and owns the place. Literally goes to the Los Angeles forest to forage for crops on his nice. own and with a few of his people. And they bring back and like create uber fresh things and i'm talking like weird stuff like they find sea seaweed and make it into chips and i mean you know it's one of those really nice sit down dinner date type places but like he, he comes up with these crazy recipes and it's always like god what was that and like it's like elderberries with you know weird pastes that he created out of out of the yeah out, out of the uh minerals of the sea yeah, you might be able to hit him up for a job, but would, you don't want that kind of Just go find things and then bring them to him and say, "Would you like to buy these?" <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I lost all my mushroom books. So identifying mushrooms is not easy. So then, what was the next? Even with the books, what was like the next venture after that one? I'm trying to focus on starting a lottery. You want to start a lottery? How? Yeah. Tell me about that. Uh, the idea is to start a split the pot, where I'm going to call it Ryan's Rolls, because I'm going to get those rolls of tickets that have the two tickets, and oh. they each have the same serial number on them. Uh-huh. And so you You should make them toilet paper rolls. People Ooh, wow. People need those right now. Could be a <laughs> selling point. Uh-huh. Uh, you buy a ticket for $5, you put your name on the ticket, you keep one, and I keep the other, and uh, it's a split the pot, so what did I say, you sell 10,000 tickets at $5 a piece, that's $50,000, the winner gets $25,000, but I'm going to run it like a network marketing thing where if you buy twenty ticket, or $20 worth of tickets, you can now work for the lottery. And anyone you convince to buy tickets, you make a two dollars off of every single ticket you sell. Uh -huh. So, and, and then you make a quarter off of every ticket they sell. I dated a girl once who who kind of went through that legitimate type of business and ended up making a bunch of money. So, I guess it works. Yeah, I mean everything's a pyramid scheme, so why not make your own pyramid? So, is that going to come before or after the jester operation? Um, I don't know. I figure everyone's gonna be getting a thousand dollars or whatever from the government. I'm like, so I better like get it running right right now. Do you think that the first thing they want to do with that is give it to some homeless man on the street for a raffle? Uh, well, they're gonna play the lottery. <laughs> they might as well play one if they actually have a chance of winning. So how are you gonna get them to know about it? You gonna stand uh, outside a convenience store? I'm gonna hang at Seven Eleven, and I'm gonna talk to all the people at Seven Eleven. And uh, they're going to be my main salesman. So there. people coming to buy lottery tickets are like, yeah, you know, there's this guy who's starting his own lottery. You can work for the lottery, too. You know, it'll give you a chance to work. You think the 7-Eleven guys would be up for that? Uh, yeah, I've already talked to them. Yeah. <laughs> they love it. Oh, shit. Well, look at you. You are quite the persuader. Well, think about it. If they're making $15 an hour or whatever, and then they sell 10 tickets an hour... They just made $35 an hour instead of <laughs> 15 Right, yeah. And then plus whatever those people sell. I mean, why not? 
singing. Oh. <laughs> when I was a little bitty baby, my mama would rock me in the cradle. In them old cotton fields back home. Yeah, what's up, Mike? Burning? You smell something burning? I don't think so. No, nothing's burning. Don't let your abandoned house burn down just yet, dude. All right, you want to tell us your Flat Earth Awakening story. Why you make sense of the world the way you do. Can you say world if the Earth is flat? I mean, isn't that word kind of have a, a, a roundness to it? Like it's just the O or what? No, I think it's actually probably the best word for it now. Why? Because it is just one world. It's a, <laughs> it's a contained system, so... Right. The, only, the world is the Earth system. You were saying uh, how we live on a plane, but we're in a sphere? Like we're in a bubble? Um, it kind of makes sense to me. Well, one, because everything's a satanic inversion, so to be on a ball or in a ball. But yeah, if it's a ball, if, it's a, if you're in a sphere and the water and the land fill the bottom half of it and the atmosphere fills the top half of it, that makes uh, a good amount of sense. And what's outside of the sphere? Who knows? Right. But wait, let's maybe, go back to Satanic Inversion. You don't believe Satan exists, right? You think it's just a a phrase to use? It's like a storytelling device. Storytelling device. But God exists. But Satan doesn't exist. Right. Because God created the storytelling device of Satan to to what? To help explain what his mind is. Right, because he wants to explain his mind? Um, yeah, I think so. But if he wants to explain his mind, why is he going way out of his way to create this like inversion of what reality is so we all sort of have the wrong idea of, of everything? Because a trick is the best way to teach. But have, has anybody learned anything yet? I have. <laughs> ah, you have. Well, wouldn't it be beneficial if more than just you figured it out? Well, there are a lot of flat earthers. I don't know if you know that. I, yeah, there kind of seems like there's a lot because YouTube can be a, a funnel of whatever's the loudest. So, and, and then once you like click on one YouTube flat earth video, you're going to find the rest of the flat earth videos. So it's hard to really gauge... If 2% of of the population is flat earth, that's still millions and millions of people. Um, okay, but you're guessing. more and more become every day. You don't know. Well, you you can't just say that. Where's the little, where's the flat earth people counter? Where's the census of flat earthers? Like, there's got to be a way to actually count them. Uh, I don't know. There's no way. Right, so don't, you got to be careful with the, the wishful thinking, right? That's not science. You said earlier in a text that you guys are the only ones doing the science. Yeah. How are you doing the science exactly when you don't even know accurately how many flat earthers there are? Does it matter at one bit? A little bit, I think. To you it matters because you've told me things like, go convince some USC students that the earth is flat. If they say it is, I'll believe you. I didn't say exactly (laughs) that, but I did say go convince like a professor. But of course, a professor is way too deep into the into the theory tale, as you say, 
that they would never know or they just they dismiss you because they don't they don't want to question their whole reality right their whole life has been predicated upon believing this oh, yeah man that's to believe tough. to come to believe it is a lie would basically say I was wrong my whole life nobody wants to do that nobody wants to admit that they are a fool right I kind of I liked admitting it I thought it was powerful interesting but I had come across the idea that uh, the fool is the most powerful person in the world and once you realize you're a fool then you can become anything yeah but that's it should also sort of be built on a foundation right what's the foundation you're built on the lies well you're talking about the world but like you finding the truth so the foundation is is just recognizing the lies having an understanding of the lie helps you to understand the truth yeah i, I mean I, I don't think the i don't think heliocentrism was given in vain you know, it was purposely given to help figure out what really is. Why Why couldn't it just be what it is and we figure it out as it is? Why does it have to be a giant lie in order to figure it out? Now you have to ask God. Well, or I'm asking you because this is what you believe. God isn't going to talk to us. Watch it play out. Watch it all play out. I guarantee uh, it, it's going to... The, the story of the ball is going to help understand the real place. You did mention how, you know, like last year, how 2020 is coming and 2020 vision will allow us to see. Do you feel validated in some sense that we're in this pandemic right now and things are just kind of feeling very surreal and wild? Um, I don't know. You know, it's hard to know. They can, it's very possible that we're not actually in 2020. <laughs> what does that mean? That they erase some years added some years to the calendars you know who knows well how do you how do you figure that i mean the, the calendar was created with like very precise measurements in order to you know in order to keep track of the seasons like we have the first day of march of summer of spring of winter the solstices that's the whole point of the calendar is to make sure that the summer solstice keeps happening like pretty much on the same day or close to it every year. And it's really just a timekeeping device. So what what's their benefit of skipping or, you know, messing with that? And, and, and even if they did mess with it, wouldn't that change like when the solstices are happening? No, not if you take out whole years. Well, but why would they do that? Just to mess with us again? Um, well, you know, uh, history, telling uh, a history that isn't true, lies come from power, man. Or power comes from lies. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> power comes from lies. Well, yes and no. It's being I mean, able it's, to it's, lie. It's, a, it's something that comes from from lies. Being able to get lie and get away with it is power. Yeah, but also telling the truth can be power, and telling people facts is certainly just as much power. All right. That's what I plan on using. <laughs> Although I'm not going to tell the truth. I'm going to tell them their truth. I mean, I, I just don't know where we're, how to follow you on this, because it's lies that, that prop up 
the world, but yet it's what tells us what the world really is. Yet, how do they keep track of all the lies if the truth gets in the way? I mean, the lies are not given in vain, you know? Lies give truth color. Um, okay. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. Why don't we back up a little bit and you tell us the story that brought you here. The awakening story. On December 12th of 2016, I woke up with terrible chest pains at 4.20, 4.30 in the morning. They lasted for about 15, 20 minutes, and then I was able to fall back to sleep, but still in pain. It happened five days in a row, all around the same time. On the fifth day, December 16th, uh, it was a Friday. I said to myself, I don't want to live like this anymore. I can't go through this anymore. I have to do something to stop this pain. I uh, don't trust Western medicine. I don't trust doctors, so I wasn't going to go to one. But I was very into diet at the time. My girlfriend and I would cook together all the time and always discuss how diet affected health. So I decided to go vegan. I had gone vegan once before in my life and had really enjoyed it felt like I'd gotten great energy for it during it for the week and a half that I did it, but it was just too difficult to maintain. Um, but when I decided to go vegan, I took it very seriously, and uh, the chest pains never returned. Wait, so do you think that could have just been a coincidence? Uh, no. I think um, the chest pains were activated by the higher power. And they were only meant to last as long as they did. And you never got that, like, checked out by a doctor to see what they would say? No. So is it possible that there's, like, a scientific explanation for it? It's possible, sure. But you don't want to find out if, if maybe something was going on in your body? How could they? <laughs> I haven't had them since. So how could they know? How would they know, anyway? Yeah. <laughs> what causes someone to wake up at the same time every day for five days with chest pain? All right, yeah. So you learned how to cook. I uh, really learned how to cook. And uh, I uh, thought veganism was great because I gained lots of energy. I didn't need to take naps, didn't need to sleep as much. I was losing weight, gaining strength. And because I was so committed to it and so disciplined, I had never experienced anything like that, so I was flying extremely high, feeling pretty damn good about myself. So in between that period, uh, December 16th to Christmas Day, I started seeing very weird things. Things I was thinking about during the day would manifest at night, and when that started happening, having been an atheist for 11 years, uh, I said to myself, well, this doesn't seem like chaos. Uh, there seems to be some sort of order to these things I'm seeing, like I'm meant to see them at these times. Um, I don't know whether to believe in chaos or order or God or not a God. So I essentially went uh, agnostic at that point and said, I don't know. I don't know anything. And... Uh, Christmas came, and I'm eating dinner with my family at my brother's house, my brother and his wife, my sister and her boyfriend, my mother, me and my girlfriend, and uh, I, 
was trying to talk conspiracy because I've been a conspiracy since I was 20 and it's what I'm interested in. My family's very straight edge though and doesn't really like talking about that sort of thing. But I was onto the conspiracy that Michelle Obama was a transgender and Donald Trump's wife is a transgender. Are these things you still believe right now? I'm not sure. It's neither here nor there. It's just what I was thinking about at the point at the time. <clears throat> My brother says to me, "You're just a conspiracy theorist. You want to believe in conspiracies, so you do." What do you think the Earth is flat? And I, having never even really heard that idea, said to him, "No, that's probably just controlled opposition. Something the government puts out there to muddy the conspiracy waters to make us all look like a bunch of fools." And I went on my day, and I didn't even think about it. So. I don't know if it was that night, two nights later, but suddenly the Flat Earth Conspiracy was in my YouTube feed. And when I clicked on it, I listened to, I think the first video I watched was by Jake the Asshole. He was Flat Earth Asshole at that time. And he brought up a lot of questions that I could not answer. Having been a big space guy, or thought I was a big space guy, I found it quite peculiar that I, I didn't have the answers to these questions and there didn't seem to be any answers to the questions and I started thinking about all the flights I'd ever taken in my life and how flying over the Midwest it's just square after square of flat lands for <laughs> as far as you can see I mean do you expect that that you'd actually feel like you're curving yeah why if the earth was a ball you that you were going around Wait, yeah, sorry, I, you, I didn't catch that. It's. It seems like you get a pleasure out of believing something that is fringe. That is, it seems like you get off on hearing, oh, wait, we've been lied to. Here's the real answer. Something about the, that idea, that concept, it excites your brain. Because why, how did you get into conspiracy in the beginning? You like knowing truth. Okay, I mean, sure, we all do. But but what was it about conspiracies that attracted you? Well, I mean, when I was 20, I realized that I had no idea what the difference between a Democrat and a Republican is. And I started researching our political system and our history of military intervention. And I realized that it was all imperialistic and it wasn't about spreading freedom and democracy and and all that bullshit so i started to see uh, america as an empire just like empires of the past and then you know 9-11 uh, really gets you going down the conspiracy road because that day is obviously not descri- not as described and uh from there you pretty much realize that everything is a lie but you don't get to the ball until the collective consciousness selects it for you. I, uh, yes, me. The collective consciousness selects it for you, or you just happen to stumble upon it. Well, like I said, I found it at the very tail end of 2016. It was picking up steam in 2014. And if there was anyone who should have seen that idea, it probably should have been me. <laughs> and... You know, that alone, plus all the chest pains and all the weird coincidences that happened, uh, it made me feel like it all happened exactly as God had planned it to happen. And it did 
it for a reason. Okay, so 2016. From there, how did things change in your life? Who? What's going on there? Is there a TV or is there a drug deal going on or what? <laughs> no, it's my roommate singing. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me close this door. <laughs> So do you. You guys, no wonder you guys are peas in a pod. I'm on a podcast, Mike. I'm sorry. I'm on a podcast. It's an internet talk show. Did you just ask what the fuck is that? <laughs> uh, like that laugh. What a great laugh. He's in his own world. It's Joe, the guy that was filming here that day. What's up, Mike? Mm-hmm. Mike the scalper. Mike's selling tickets to his concert now. <laughs> oh, there's still concerts going on? He doesn't have any work scalping, so he's starting his own concert. He's going to put on a concert because he's oh. a hell of a singer. Oh, okay. That's a good way to... <laughs> and he's selling tickets. <laughs> he loves to sing and dance. It's funny. <laughs> I mean, you got to do something without a TV and internet. Exactly. And all that. Exactly. We have a good time here. <laughs> so, like, 2016... You're a, you're pretty much a flat earther, or you you're you're onto it. You sent me a video from Eric Dubay, Mister Dubious uh-huh. Dubay, and he it was about like mushrooms and Santa Claus, and I have to admit it was weirdly compelling. You know, he had this he had this good way of editing and pacing and and bit pretty much like telling you what to think at every second. And connecting all these dots that, you know, I can't immediately know if he's telling the truth or not, but it makes sense. You know, if you watch it, it makes sense. It's like, yeah, Santa Claus looks like a mushroom and there's maybe something psychedelic going on there. But then he like pulls it into some like weird sinister stuff and, and it's like scares you. So then you're scared and thinking, wait a minute, is this all true? And all of a sudden he's like, and now here's his other video, the 200 proofs that earth is flat <laughs> and once you he gets you on one video you're like well maybe he's on to something even though the video has been broken down by numerous people to show his fallacies and and the leaps he takes <clears throat> but maybe we'll get to that at a later podcast so you are now a flat earther thanks to eric dubay who is conveniently avoiding the real world in the u.s where he makes all of his money on youtube terrible no it's you know i mean it's it could if if he's lying then it's a little bit terrible yeah if all of this well, is fake uh, i think he believes what he talks about you think but you can only think you can't know for sure until you actually meet him and see him and oh well, yeah. even if i meet him he could lie to me right yeah you have, you'd have to bug him see him behind closed doors so again I, mean, I guess it all comes down to what you want to believe rather than what actually is i mean he sounds genuine to me he sounds what, genuine what, what can i do again it's you can believe yeah, the grass tyson sounds genuine to you so I, yeah i mean he can be a little pompous he says the earth is flat at 128,000 feet well <laughs> i don't think he actually i mean the way you take that out of context we're gonna have to delve into that so people know what we're talking about because he doesn't just say the earth is flat in general he says it looks flat still at where he was i mean maybe you could see a slight curve but 
Yeah, but you know, the whole point is of the horizon is that you like there wouldn't be a horizon if the earth just went on forever. But, you know, we'll get to that later. So You would see forever, right? Well, I mean, you, there, I think there would be a bit more of a gradual something. I mean, because, you, you know, there's these photos from way up there, all of a sudden you see atmosphere, and then all of a sudden you just see blackness. And it's just, there should be some gradation there, and there's not. How would you know if you've never been on a plane? How would you know what it would be like to see on a plane? On a flat plane, you mean? On a flat earth? Uh, yes. I mean, I guess so, but if we're on... The, if we're on a round earth then how would you know what is even like to be on a plane and then you could be fooling yourself just the same well a ball has a definitive shape where the the land and water should be dropping down and away from you well not dropping the water doesn't drop down and away it just the horizon could not be at your eye level and and the horizon does lower the higher you go like guys have shown you altitude meters specifically showing like that the horizon is not at zero degree it's below your eye level well there are a lot of uh disingenuous <laughs> pictures out there where they don't have a level camera it's if the camera is right. level how ironic the optical device have to, has to be level but there's no flat earthers that could possibly be disingenuous either huh I mean, you, I, I've shown you, you can do it yourself. You can, you can put a stick out in front of you, drop below that stick. The horizon is below the stick, raise above the stick. No, the, not, the no. above the stick. No, it doesn't work like that. I just don't think well, What do you mean it doesn't work like that? Because you're on the ground, and, and moving your head a few inches higher and lower isn't going to change the freaking horizon at your eye level. <laughs> like, you need to go hundreds of hundreds, thousands of feet in the air. It's a ball. You think it's a ball, so the next horizon should be lower than the first one. No, not up. not that small though, dude. Not not at our not at six feet to eight feet to ten feet to a hundred feet. There's no way. You definitely see further the higher you go, and I've sent you videos where I'm in a plane flying, you know, takeoff and landing, and you can suddenly see more of the earth the higher you go. Yeah. So how do you even explain that? Your angles get better when you go higher. There's less ground obscuring, you know. Yeah, the gr the ground is obscuring because the Earth is curving. No, there's nothing to do with it. Uh, okay, fine. So let's get back to your your What's awakening below story. you fills up the bottom half of your eye. Well, actually, the top half of your eye. Forget What's above you fills up the bottom half of your eye. When you go up. I don't know what you're saying now. I mean, yeah, we're gonna have to verify that with diagrams of how the eye works. But um, so from there, you decided to to what? Like now you're well, now you're a flat earther. What was like your first day as a flat earther? What did you do? I kept researching it. Uh huh. But when you say research, it's like you're literally only watching videos on YouTube that are posted by other flat earthers or people questioning the globe, right? Right. Right. But and you consider you that research? Well, first thing you have to do is understanding what heliocentrism is. And what is it? The idea that the Earth is a ball that spins, and it's tilted 23.5 degrees on its axis, and it's moving around the sun, moving around the galaxy, and then the galaxy is moving through the universe. And uh, Right, and yeah. so it's moving a bunch of different ways. It wobbles as well. Right. <laughs> but... 
but like relative motion is you know relative motion like if you what if i'm running and you throw a ball as fast as i run and let's just say there's no wind that day and that ball stays at 15 miles an hour and i'm running 15 miles an hour what yeah. i if i look to the left is the ball moving if you look if I look at the ball, if I'm looking at the ball while I'm running 50 miles an hour and the ball is going 50 miles an hour, can I tell the ball is moving? You can't tell. The ball is in the same reference frame you are, so it's moving at the pace you are. Right, so it looks still. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what's happening with the moon. And then the moon and the earth are moving together, but then they're moving around the sun, right? And that's a different kind of motion. And that's why we see the sun setting and rising. But then all the stars are also moving with us. But the further away you go, the less you can tell anything is moving at all. Right? Like the farther something is, the harder it is to tell that it's moving. Yes. So if stars are really as far as they say, trillions of light years away and whatnot, then don't you think they'll probably stay in the same position for a mere 80 years of a human's existence? Well, they say that nothing in the universe is motionless. So I would tend to think that if everything else is in motion as well, it'd be very unlikely that everything would stay in the same orientation. Um, You find it very unlikely. I like how, see, because you're a smart dude, Ryan, and you don't try to lie. I know you don't like lie. You you actually do believe this stuff, but even when you don't know what you're saying entirely, you have to use words like "it seems to me," "it's unlikely that," you know, because you can't you can't lie yourself. But you're okay with hearing these other people, and if they connect to their to your sort of worldview, then it's almost like you give them a pass and like, oh, they must not be lying or. They don't believe what I believe, so they must be lying. Uh, it's, it's not that they're lying. They don't know that they're, they they have the wrong idea of what's in the sky. Okay. <laughs> and what the earth is. They don't know that they're lying. <clears throat> Some of them do, maybe. I guess we will get to more of that later. Like the ISS rockets going to space tesla with his private space company sorry not tesla but elon musk with spacex i don't know why i like to call elon musk tesla and in the literally thousands of satellites that go up every year now they just they just redid a bunch of like the geostationary satellites they upgraded certain satellites for gps or something like that recently and how how do you how do they fake all that uh pretty simple you can't verify any of it well a i can go work there if i was smart enough b i could go watch rocket launches um you see, can't see i the rocket see how do you and explain throw a satellite off of it. how do you explain satellite phones and and phones that work when there's no cell tower for miles like gps <sighs> works but but you're, you don't have any service how does gps work um it's very possible that the satellites you're gonna to have to explain that to people. Well, a satellite is a satellite that is attached to a balloon. Now, every satellite that's ever crashed down to the Earth has had a balloon attached to it. Well, well, not well. Yeah, that's because these are specific types of 
I don't even know if they call them satellites. They call them other things, but they're saloons. Okay, maybe as a joke or whatever, or as an easy way to to categorize them. But they they don't usually they're not. But okay, but they're they're not. Those those are very specific types of usually like weather balloon type stuff like that's dealing with weather and they're not like since when do they ever say that those are used for 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 gps well honestly they don't say that joe because they oh, want they you don't. to believe in the satellites right i mean so are there like people in a room trying to figure out how they keep the story straight or or they just kind of run with it and don't care if people find holes in this in this giant theory tale Listen, 95% of people will go with the crowd. Well, that's, that's a lot, but I don't know. I, I don't know if I can agree with that. I mean, what, what percentage do you think are flat earthers? It's also not easy to categorize the whole world based on their belief of... Because most people don't even think about the earth being flat or round, which is, you know, it's fine. Like, we've established the earth is round in society. Why do they need to dwell on it? They go thinking about other things like how to, how to create respiratory systems, you know, respiratory machines, whatever that is that we need right now. Uh, how to, how to create video games. People spend their whole lives making video games and not thinking about the earth as flat. You know, it's, it's just a lot of nuance to the world and you like to sort of whittle it down to this or that all did or you know nothing. That, did you know that all video games, uh, use, a plain grid, grid grid system, and they all have a horizon. Well, yeah, because they're creating a. I mean, what are they going to do? Create the entire Earth every time they make a video game? They don't need to. You think that's proof of something? No, it just shows that a plane would have a horizon too. It would rise to your eye level. It's just how it works. <sighs> it's just how it works. I'm. This is the point of the podcast, is to figure out how the world works according to you. I'm not sure I'm convinced yet, but we're going to keep going and see what we can find. There's nothing that could convince you. Uh, look, man, I try to be open, and I That's will be open. mile curvature test. <laughs> well, yeah, 100-mile curvature test would definitely do the trick. Proof is in the eye of the beholder, so... Uh, I don't think a- that's how science works. Nobody says, here's here's my scientific paper. Proof is in the eye of the beholder. So if you don't believe it, tough luck. Joe, there's countless experiments where you see things that are should be hidden by curvature. That's proof no, to me. You're, you're talking about YouTube videos. You're talking about YouTube it's videos. It's not proof to you, though. <laughs> <sighs> right? So proof no, is in the eye of the because beholder. It, well, also I'm disregarding it because you think it's okay to disregard every photo an image NASA gives us from the Hubble telescope. And in even every photo, there's plenty of photos that are single snapshots that Chris Hatfield took in the ISS. He's a giant book of photos that he took from the ISS. You know, like you're saying that he doctored every single one of those? I'm saying that those are probably taken from high altitude and using a fisheye lens. Well, that's a giant assumption, then you're just wrong. Like, he used all sorts of lenses, you know? And you can't get certain scales that you see with a fisheye lens. You know, you can't zoom in with a fisheye lens. And there's a lot of shots where, like, the moon is obviously bigger in the photo than it is in reality. It's because he's using a telephoto lens. I mean, we could break those things down. You know, I've told the audience that I'm a professional editor. I'm also a hobbyist photographer, right? And I've 
tried my best to literally buy a telescope, take photos of Jupiter's moons, etc., to show you. And you know, I I can show you all the all the lenses and how they work, but you just assume that they're using a wide-angle lens every time, a fisheye wide-angle, which a fisheye isn't really even always a wide-angle lens. So you're right about the fool being the most powerful thing, because when you're a fool, anything truly is possible, isn't it? Yeah, you have to admit you're a fool. I mean, everybody should admit they're a fool at some point, but, you know, you... You're not willing to. No, I'm a, I'm sure I'm a fool, but about some things, you you're know, like... You're the earth is a ball. I believe. Sure, I don't know because I haven't seen the globe with my own two eyes, but I can infer. I believe that the horizon is a product of the earth being a globe not a product of the earth being flat and i think there's a reasonable explanation for that um so you think the horizon is a geometric horizon it's your tangential side around the ball <laughs> this is what i love how you you know you have a memory of an elephant and you can you know put things together that you think sounds normal but what nobody oh, even what you- talks about it like that what do you mean? That's what you guys think the horizon is. I don't know. We think the horizon is just an imaginary line that separates the earth and the sky. It's because you are looking tangentially around a 25,000 mile per hour, not 25,000 <laughs> mile circumference ball. Okay. You see out to the point at which the ball... What I'm trying to say is it's like you complicate it for no reason. No, I don't complicate it for no reason. Either either the horizon is the last part of the ball that you can see based upon your tangential sight around it, or it's the seam that ties together what's below you to above what's above you. It may seem like curvature, but it's just the seam that ties together what's above you and what's below you. So you can orientate yourself and you don't go fall off a cliff or something. Okay, well... Folks, I'd love uh, some discussion on this. Who thinks Ryan has a point or maybe is onto something? I would love to hear it. Until next time. You have to be well-rounded to see that the Earth isn't round. <laughs> there you have it. The case for conspiracy. What was what intro was that? Baritone ukulele. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to switch up the instruments every time. Or at least for a little bit until I run out of instruments. I like it.